Welcome to episode four of Checked In. This week's episode is going to be a discussion about book clubs. Uh, I have a lot of feedback from people who wanted some discussion about book clubs on the show. Uh, I started trying to think about the best possible episode I could put together um, and realized that I can't put one amazing episode together because the topic of book clubs is too broad. Uh, every time that you go to any sort of conference, seems like there's um, breakout sessions and lots of in-between breakout sessions chatter over, you know, what are you doing for book clubs at your school? Um, because it seems like there's always kids interested, but it always comes low on the totem pole as far as school activities go. So today, uh, what I decided to do is I'm going to talk a little bit about what I've done with book clubs in my brief amount of time as a school librarian. I'm also going to have an interview with Amy Hertzberg, who started to work with Project Lit with her students this year. And then um, throughout the course of the rest of the season, I'm hopefully going to be throwing in different stories about book clubs uh, that are going on in schools all around Missouri. Because what I have noticed in my discussions, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I have noticed that everybody does things differently because everybody's schedule is different, everybody's kids are different. Um, it's differentiated instruction, basically, because uh, you you adapt your book club to meet the needs of the students that you serve. So as far as book clubs at Lathrop goes, um, my first year as a librarian there, we had some students who were interested in uh, doing book club stuff, and so I thought, okay, uh, I have some money in a fund that was left over when I started this uh this job uh, for book clubs, so I'm anticipating we'll uh, we'll get some books and we'll read them um, on a monthly basis and we'll kind of go from there. Um, and so what I did was I kind of put together a list of books um, for students and I I pulled and I think we ended up buying four different book sets. Uh, I bought um, four different sets of ten books. And what I did was I had more than 10 students at a time talking about wanting to participate in book clubs. So what I did was I had students in a group read one book and then in a group read another book. And my idea was, okay, I'm going to give you these books and you're going to read them over the course of the month. And then we're going to get together and I'm going to bring food and we're going to talk about them. Um, and then my kids didn't read the books. <laughs> um, I had maybe one or two students in each group who'd actually read the novel, and so uh, a lot of them didn't even show up for our discussion, um, and the ones who did, or they were scared to show up, I think, because they were worried that I was going to be mad that they hadn't read the book, um, and, you know, in my opinion, life's too short to get upset about book club participation, uh, because I feel like that's not reading the book is an issue that they have even in adult book clubs a lot of times. So, um, but at the same time, I didn't want to be spending a ton of money or putting a bunch of effort into trying to get kids to read in the same manner in which I had tried and failed um, just then. So I spent the rest of that year kind of just trying to find some activities to do with students. So like we went to go see, um, I think we went to go see a movie, uh, tied to a book. I don't remember what it was that first year. Um, and then we went to like Barnes and Noble, uh, in Kansas city, which was a, a kind of a treat for them to go down there and hang out. But I went into my next couple of years trying to figure out what type of, you know, formula was going to hit. Now at that time we had what was called a mule hour at the end of the day 
which meant that there was like a 40 minute period where students could all come and it was easy to get my students coming that way because when I pulled them, none of them wanted to or could stay after school because some of them had jobs, some of them had sports practice, um, some of them rode the bus, so it just wasn't a possibility. Uh, trying to get them to come in early wasn't something that was going to work very well either because, again, um, some of them have morning practices, some of them were riding the bus and got there at a particular time each day. So uh, luckily that first, the, the one thing that did work that first year was that I had all of my kids together. Going forward, we switched mule time around um, and did different things with it. Uh, and currently we sit at having certain hours where kids, depending on their schedule, may or may not have this mule hour, this RTI time, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I don't have any say really over what kids have mule hour when. And so what I've been trying to do, what I tried to do my second and third year was do book club during lunch because we had three different lunches. And that kind of was just disjointed um, and tough to do because kids don't have a lot of time at lunch and I didn't always, wasn't able to always bring like, you know, food in. So kids were having to like wait and go get their food. And then by the time they got to me, there was, you know, five minutes left. So we didn't always have a lot of time. Um... But after <laughs> lots of lots of failure in that regard, uh, I've kind of finally hit upon what I think we're going to be uh, working with going forward. And like I said, it changes every year. So if you're hoping to get into a routine with your book club, um, if you can, more power to you. Uh, I think that that's really great. But But I have not yet been able to do that. So currently what we do is instead of doing it during lunch when they don't have time, I try to bring students in during their mule hour to talk about a book each month which books i don't buy the books anymore because we don't have the money to do that um and i don't want to buy books in the event that the kids don't have time to read them so what i have done is uh been lucky enough to have partnership with uh one of the public libraries near nearby where i live that does like teacher assistance teacher kits and what they'll do is they'll collect a certain book um if they can, as many copies of it as they can together for you to check out for like a month at a time. And I then check those out to my kids who are interested in reading the book that month. So the the only problem with that is that it has to be a book that the library system has multiple copies of. Um, and that generally means that we're a little bit limited and that we can't necessarily read brand new releases. The one nice thing, though, is that I've been trying to get my kids to read more gateways, and usually they have a ton of copies of the gateway because they're promoting them at all their different branches, so I'm usually able to get my hands on those. So that's been something that we uh, have done quite a bit um, in the last year or two, and I've had you know success with that. Some months, my kids, you know, all the copies will get checked out, and some months, you know, hardly any of them will get checked out. Another thing, as far as requirements go, is that I just told my kids, I look, like, look, I want you to read this book if you can. But if not, just come talk to me about what you're reading during book our book club meeting. And so that's like, I've tried to take away that fear of, you know, Mr. Evans is going to be upset or mad about the fact that we didn't read the book. Like, no, like, I, I just care about you trying to read something. So if you got, you know, you started reading something else this month, I'm not going to shame you for that. Like, I want to hear about what you're, what it is that you're reading. Now we may talk, we're going to talk a little bit about the book for that month because that was the one that we had assigned, but I'm also going to have time for you to talk about whichever thing you read this month. 
Um, and then one of the things I was thinking a lot about was how can I give this, um, you know, book club viability? Like, how can I make it more important? Um, and how can I make the kids more invested in it? And so, uh, <laughs> we're, I'm talking to you on a podcast right now. Uh, this was when I first started playing around with Anchor quite a bit, and we started recording our discussions. Um, I would come up with questions, and I would just put a big Yeti microphone on a table uh, in front of us during our discussions, and I would record our discussions. And then when I was done, I would upload each lunch period or mule hour, um, depending on when it was that we were doing the book club chat, and I would put it all together as one episode. And, uh, you know, our discussions would be podcast episodes, and my kids knew that. So I think that that gave it a little bit more, um, you know, importance because my kids knew it wasn't just me trying to get them to come talk to me about the book, but it was like, hey, we're doing this for the library podcast, so let's go and let's chat about things. Um, I also did something with my Gateway books, because like I said, I've been trying to promote Gateway books, is that if a kid reads a Gateway book... Um, I want them to come podcast with me about it, like individually, like I interview them about stuff and usually we have a good time doing that. Um, I'll get the kids to talk about the book and I'll ask them, you know, a couple of dumb questions too. Like if this book was a type of cereal, what would it, you know, what would it be? And the kids have fun doing that. And that's been a way for me to not have to necessarily like I give those, uh, gateway quizzes out to students whenever they read gateways, but if they come podcast with me, then I assume that they probably read the book because I figure in the course of our interview, I'm going to find out whether or not they actually read it. (laughs) So, um, that's another thing we've been able to do is just like kind of utilizing technology to, you know, publish our book discussions. And I think that that hopefully will grow and continue to be something that we use going forward. Something I've also been toying around with is, letting my kids or having a way for my kids to letter in book club just because giving it some, some, again, giving it some importance, kind of some, some weight behind participating. Um, and I think I'm going to have approval from my administration to try that out this next year. It's just coming up with these benchmarks that I'm going to have for the kids to, uh, to be able to earn that letter, which we'll probably have to do with, um, you know, attending book club meetings, reading a certain number of gateways, maybe doing some reader advisory. There'll probably be like a project of some kind thrown in there as well. And that way kids can earn a letter for the work that they're doing. And also, you know, we can get more participation um, as well. We've also been looking at different, uh, different possibilities for trips and stuff. My kids get really excited about going and doing stuff. Uh, if you're in the area, which I know I'm just, I'm blessed to be near Mid-Continent. Um, the Mid-Continent Public Library does like amazing teen events, which I'm hoping to take uh, part in more. Um, but like already in the last couple of years, my kids have gotten to go listen to Rainbow Rao uh, speak for free um, and Gail Foreman as well. Uh, last year they had this big lit up, uh, you know, literary conference uh, put together by a, a Kansas City area teen and Rainbow Row was at that, um, as well as a host of other um, amazing authors. And my one of my students got to volunteer and help, you know, kind of not sort of proctor a session with an author, which was really, really cool. Um, and she really enjoyed that. So, yeah, so I'm hoping to implement some different activities like that as well. Um, I'm always looking for ways to not have to spend a lot of money, obviously. Um, just because it makes it easier, uh, 
for us to be able to do more things throughout the course of the year. So right now, that's kind of where we're at. Uh, each month, my kids, we pick a book. Usually, it's a gateway, and I try to give it out and have my kids come talk to me about it. At the end of the month, we meet. Hopefully, I've got some sort of, uh, you know, food and or drink item to uh, have for my kids, and they come in. We chat about the book for a little bit. We record it, and we put it out as a podcast episode. Um, and that's, you know, it been working so far okay for me. It's been hit or miss, you know, some months, um, and I'm always looking to make it better, but that's, I feel like it's better than what we had when I very first started, so, uh, if you have any thoughts on that or questions, you know, feel free to always reach out to me, uh, and tell me what it is that you're doing, or, you know, you can ask me about any of these things that I've talked about, and like I said, I'm always looking to add to, add to what we've got, so, uh, let me know if you have any ideas. Coming up next, we have an interview with Amy Hertzberg, who is going to talk to us about Project Lit, which was uh, founded by uh, a teacher named Jared Amato in the Tennessee area. I believe it's Tennessee. So we're going to chat a little bit about that, and she's going to explain how she's kind of revamped her book club for this year and just uh, give us all some some ideas on some different ways to go about, you know, bolstering diversity and uh, inclusion in our in our book club so uh, stay tuned for that So today uh, for the podcast, I have Amy Hertzberg from Nevada Middle School, who's here to talk with us a little bit about uh, book clubs, which is kind of a hot topic with librarians. And I've had a lot of people uh, asking me about uh, doing an episode about this. So Amy, we really appreciate you coming on today. Thanks for having me. Um, I wanted to first start off by having you tell us a little bit about your experience with running book clubs in the past, like what successes you've had, what failures, or really, I mean, which whatever experiences you've had in that regard. So every year I have a plan that I'm going to have a great book club, and it never really has panned out. <laughs> so I have tried having them after school, and kids sometimes can't find rides. I have run into trouble with administration sometimes understanding how a lunch book club would work whether that's who would come, how would they have food in the library, so shocking, things like that. And then the biggest question is always, like, how are we going to get multiple copies of the books because I don't want them to just sit on my shelf afterwards and be a waste. Yeah, Uh, and I've told you a little bit about this before too, but we've had the same issue, especially the timing thing, I think is the biggest for me. And I I know it probably varies a little bit from middle to high school, but – for for me, even though I've got a lot of kids who can drive and things like that, it's hard to schedule stuff after school just because my kids have so many other things going on, whether it's work or sports or anything else. But then trying to get them all in the same place at the same time during the school day, <laughs> it's really hard as well. So, yes. um, but I know you started doing uh, or you started engaging with Project Lit and I was uh, hoping you could tell us a little bit about that and how you got involved. Sure. So I met Jared Amato last fall, so over a year ago, at the School Library Journal Summit in Nashville. He's an English teacher in the Nashville area, and 
he basically started Project Lit as just a way to get more books in kids' hands. He had read lots of articles about book deserts and how the probability of a kid who can't even get access to books becoming a lifelong reader is pretty pretty slim. So he wanted to do what he could to get books in kids' hands, not only just books, but books that represented his population of his school because he works in an inner city and a lot of those kids weren't seeing themselves in characters in books. Right. And so Project Lit is about diversity and um, books that are just pulled straight from, from, from the news. And so that's how I heard about it. So what, what, I guess, like, what made you decide to, to try this? And I mean, depending on how you feel about its success so far, why do you feel it's been more successful than kind of your other, your other tries or your other endeavors? So where Jared was trying to get his students to see themselves in books, I come from rural Missouri and I want kids to see other types of lives than what they just see around our town. And so that's just kind of been something I've been thinking about for a while. And so the fact that this had to do with diversity and things like that was super important to me. I, when we first started doing Project Lit, I wasn't sure if kids would read the books, if they would connect with them, or how that would work. And I really feel like I went through a period of my own reading where I was reading lots of books on completely different characters than anything um, that I was, could relate to. And it ultimately has made me a better person. Right. It's made me a better librarian. And so I started giving these books to my students and they love them. And I have, I have a display that's just Project Lit Books. They have a group of books that they um, promote and you can use any of the books in your book club. And so I started having kids come in and say, I need another book like this. I want another book. And so I had that list that they could go to. And I have lots of kids that are reading straight off the Project Lit list and they're learning about all different cultures. And I'm learning more about my kids too, because I'm learning about things maybe they're going through that I didn't even know. Right. And they are seeing themselves in books, whether I realize they would or not. Well, and I think too, maybe, I don't know if you feel like this, but I feel like this is that marketing for a lot of books, sometimes it it feels like they're trying to say, Hey, you know, your kids aren't, you you know, we don't want to publish this because your kids aren't going to want to read it, I guess. You know what I mean? Whereas that that hasn't been the case as as far as books with diverse main characters, you know, or people are always worried about, I guess, like female main characters if boys will read books with girl protagonists, you know, um, things like that. Whereas in my, like in my experience, like if I have the book and if I engage with the book and talk it up enough i mean my kids will read it so i i feel like that's kind of backwards thinking in a way and it also helped me be more comfortable where i might have an idea of something a student might need i don't want to hand them a book and say hey i know this about you so read this book and it'd be weird right and so this is kind of an avenue for me able to do that and it's really helped my connection with kids a lot too yeah and i can i can definitely see that um what would you say the biggest hurdle is when you're trying to run a book club, a school book club with consistency. We go back to the same problems I've always had, which is getting books, getting multiple copies of the books is always hard. Mm -hmm. I've been lucky and been able to use donors choose in our district. I know a lot of districts right now are frowning upon that, but 
that has been a focus of mine to get at least five copies of as many of the project lit books as I can. Uh-huh. And then I have, I kind of have a, a, a library just from that little section to pull from of what, what we're going to read. Okay. Um, so you have, do you have community members helping you purchase these books? Is that how that's been going? There have been community members that have helped through donors choose there. When Jared Amato did it, he would ask people to donate from a certain list. Cause you know, if you ask people to just donate books, you know what kind of books that you usually right, get. Right. But if you give them a list and say, here are the books that we're interested in reading, then people are happy to help if they can and know what you're actually going to use. Another really good resource is the website first book and first book is it's firstbook.org is the website Uh and you go on there and register. And um, I registered obviously as a librarian. I think you can register as a teacher. It's just no, not just anyone can go on there, but they have hardback new books for $3 on there and, and some are more expensive, but it's a really good cheap option also to spend your money to get more copies of the books. Right. I also, I also say work with your teachers because this was an English teacher who started this and he had a great classroom library. And I think sometimes there is like this competition between librarians and classroom libraries and there doesn't have to be, we should be working with them. And if they have a great collection, you know, I have a teacher that has tons of books in her room. And if I have something that's out, I know to send a kid and say, Hey, go ask her if her copy is in. And so your teachers, if they get on board, they can get copies as well. And I work with the best teachers and administration. So they're right on board with me. Right. And sometimes, you know, like I was thinking about that uh, earlier, cause we, we talked a little bit about that before. And sometimes kids have different relationships with different <laughs> teachers, you know, like kids that I'm, I'm close with, you know, or whatever, there might be other kids that other teachers are close to, so maybe they're more comfortable. So I think it's important to, to yeah, definitely support teachers trying to build their own collections and have those types of book conversations with students. Definitely. Um, I was going to ask you, and this is, the, uh, I'm springing a new question on you um, here, one that I haven't sent you, so uh, hold on tight, I guess. Um, I'm ready. <laughs> have you had any pushback or thought about it? potential pushback in regards to i know there have been districts that have had trouble with like uh the hate you give uh, by angie thomas or dear martin by nick stone um just in regards to black lives matter and particularly in you know rural districts and that might have taken issue with the way police are portrayed um, in those books, have you have you thought about that at all, or had any situations um, regarding that with those those titles? I have thought a lot about that. Um, so Project Lit has a list. I don't know, maybe thirty titles right now. They add to it every summer of books that they say use any of these books in our book club. And I'm a middle school. There are a lot of those books yeah. that are not going to be in my middle school library. So I pick carefully, and I still get a little worried our first quarter um, book choice was ghost voice which is about a kid who's playing with a gun in his front yard and gets shot by the police and becomes a ghost and and his story and I was of course nervous because it's just different maybe than what some of the kids are reading and and the parents especially if they don't read the books get a little nervous sometimes Um, I haven't had any trouble and um, everybody's been 
super on board with it. My principal came to the first quarter meeting and um, I have several teachers that come in and there is a, there's a couple components at Project Lit that I'm working on. Um, when I, I'm someone who is, I'm kind of, when I go come home from spring conference on Wednesday, I'm ready to do my project and I haven't even thought about it, but I heard somebody talk about it. it sounded cool. So let's go. Right. And so I, on purpose, spent months thinking about Project Lit for that one reason, because I wanted to make sure I was grounded and I knew what I was doing. And sure. if I did have any trouble, I would, I would have a foundation to stand on. And um, so I have thought really careful about it. There's a couple components. One is it's supposed to be student driven. So the kids are running the meetings and we play trivia every month, every time. So they're coming up with the trivia questions. I've eased into that to just show my kids what that looks like because we haven't had book clubs before and they might not be familiar with it. And the other component of that is a community component where you have community members come in and have the book club with your students and um, I've reached out a little bit to some community members and haven't had that happen yet, but I have hopes that as we expand and have maybe monthly meetings instead of quarterly meetings next year, that we'll be able to bring in some community members too. Right. And I think like, I mean, we've, we, you know, as far as librarianship goes and reading about book bannings or district issues with books and things like that, you know, that a lot of that results in, you know, miscommunication a lot of times about a book or about whether people have even done the reading. So um, that sounds like a good plan, obviously, to try to in, try to get the community invested as well. Um, well, our last question I have for you is uh, what is because uh, you already talked a little bit about um, the first title that you guys did. What are you guys doing uh, this quarter? Um, so like I said, first quarter, we did ghost boys. Uh Second quarter, we did ghost, which was a little confusing, (laughs) similar titles. Um, and now for third quarter, we are going to do crossover by Kwame Alexander. And that's what the thing I like that they have a list. You can choose any of the books is because they're not all brand new books. It makes it a little easier when you go to purchase them as well. Right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, uh, coming on and chatting today. Um, if you would, be uh so kind as to give us your twitter handle or way of communication in that case in case somebody wants to talk to you a little bit about project lit or something like that that'd be great sure i'll give a little shout out to spring conference yeah i'll be doing a breakout session on project lit and how that works and how i organize it and all of that i hope everybody will try to get to our mazel spring conference I think it's going to be a great one it will be. and my twitter handle is at bookgirl1004 and I highly recommend you check out Amy's session if you get the opportunity because I always enjoy talking with her. I feel like I learn something every time that I do. So, thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. I want to thank Amy Hertzberg for stopping by and chatting with us about Project Lit. Be sure to check out her session at conference if you're interested in um, figuring out ways to implement Project Lit in your library going forward. I also want to give a little rundown of the next couple of episodes before we go to spring conference at the end of March. Um, Our next episode, episode five, I'm really excited about. Uh, I am going to have an interview with author Jennifer Brown. 
Um, she's written books like Hate List and uh, Bitter End and uh, a host of other ones. And I'm just really excited to get the chance to talk to her. She's going to chat with us about um, setting up author interviews and using Skype to connect with authors and things of that nature. Um, so be sure to look for that. I'll also be chatting on that episode with Will Stuck, who is a library performer. He spent uh, many years as a children's librarian before becoming a full-time performer and he'll talk with us a little bit about um, the different types of programs that he runs so be sure to uh, check that episode out um, in two weeks and then our episode our next episode after that will be interviews with Kelly Oliva and Carolyn Allen who are in charge of setting up spring conference and um, we're going to be talking with them and kind of getting a little bit of a a quick look or a little bit of a preview into what conference is going to be like and uh, that's going to drop a couple of days before conference so be sure to follow along and check things out and i'm really excited to uh, get the chance to get these next couple episodes out to you guys as always our theme song was new day by lee rosevere and our segue music was i bet you wonder why uh, by lee rosevere as well both songs were excerpted um for time's sake Thanks so much for tuning in. I am your host, Ethan Evans, and you've been listening to Checked In.